0: Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Liberate Her. I'm your host. My name is Jasmine Benson, and I just want to thank you for tuning in again. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to go ahead and hit that like, share, and subscribe. If you are listening everywhere, podcasts are available. Thank you as well. Go ahead and rate us, leave us a comment, let us know how we're doing. Um, Let us know what you want to hear, all of the above. Today I am super excited to have with me a friend of mine from high school. She is doing big things. She's a doctor. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and let her introduce herself. Go ahead and take it away, Dr. Amanda. Or is it Dr. Long? What do you wanna be called?
1: You know, I don't have a preference between the two. So whatever people feel comfortable calling me. Amanda is also fine, but I get um, scolded when I say, just call me Amanda. Everyone's like, no, I'm gonna call you Dr. Something. 100%.
0: You work hard for that, doctor. We're we not doing that.
1: <laughs> so Dr. Amanda is fine. i um, super excited to join you today, Jasmine. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, so my name is Dr. Amanda Long. I am the owner of True Space Counseling and Psychological Services. It is a private practice located in Chicago. Um, and I specialize in working with uh, Black women. And so um, your typical mental health uh, private practice, we offer couples counseling, group sessions as well as individual counseling um workshops and and different speaking engagements are also something that i provide as well
0: yes that is amazing we love black women that promote and encourage and pour into other black women um Mm -hmm. we are very excited to have you we're going to talk about maintaining mental health in a pandemic today um I would love to have Dr. Long as our resident therapist, but for the moment, we're going to start here and we're going to talk <laughs> about this. Um, this issue that I think a lot of us are kind of going through um, this year was is pretty um, surprising and interesting and it brought a lot of things a lot of us were not prepared to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, just ranging from anxiety and worry, um, even fear, levels of depression. There's so much to unpack and we're gonna try to hit as much as we can. Um, Especially even going before winter, some people already deal with seasonal depression and now Mm -hmm. for 2020, there's so much more added to that. Not only just the pandemic, but being an election year Mm -hmm. and being in a year where there's so much racial tension, something we haven't seen like this since it seems 1960. Um, So we're just going to unpack a a few different things today with Dr. Long. Um, I want you to just give us some different, give us context for what the difference is between, um, you know, anxiety and depression or even um, fear and anxiety or even how they Um, how they also can look very similar, but also give us the differences between those.
1: Sure, sure. Um, So maybe I can start with just differentiating between the two. So depression and anxiety, operate differently depending on who you are, first and foremost. And so some of the things or symptoms that I've run through, um, you may or may not be able to identify with. You may uh, experience these things in uh, differing levels of intensity. And so um, what we use as psychologists is called the DSM-5. And so within the DSM-5, the symptoms that are uh, listed or present just helps to guide our process of diagnosing um, individuals. And so within the DSM-5, the symptoms that are associated with depression look like um, anhedonia. And so that is the process of or the experience of not necessarily feeling joy or excitement or pleasure in things that you once like maybe love to do or you found joy or happiness in. Um, A motivation. So not feeling very motivated and doing things that you may need to do or not feeling motivated to just do like simple um, hygienic processes or activities. Um, A regular sleeping pattern. So you're not sleeping enough. You're not getting enough sleep or you're sleeping way too much during the day. Um, let's see, feeling down, depressed, sad, you know, for um, at least a two week period. And so often I'll hear people say, well, yeah, I feel kind of down and in the dumps for a couple hours out of the day, but then I can kind of pick myself up and do different things to negate that um, experience. And so while that may be a form of depression it may not be chronic depression. And so when we uh, diagnose chronic depression, we're looking for a very specific um, amount of time that you are experiencing this sadness, you know, this amotivation, this anhedonia, uh, difficulty with sleep. Um, and so kind of just keep that in mind as you think about, you know, what it is that you're experiencing. Um, not only that, but like a regular eating patterns, um, difficulty concentrating, um, people noticing like you are more like fidgety or restless than you usually are. Or you, you just like slow down a, quite a bit and that, um, you know, people are kind of uh, concerned or worried or, or they've mentioned something to you. Um, and or uh, and including um, thoughts of suicide. So either those thoughts, even if they are passive, like coming up more and you're experiencing it or contemplating harming yourself more or even attempting to harm yourself in some way. Um, also uh, self-harm. And so some people may uh, cut themselves or um, some people may just like inflict pain to themselves to uh, feel some type of sensation or to distract themselves from maybe feeling and very uncomfortable emotion. And so those are kind of the symptoms or the criteria that we use to diagnose depression. Again, it looks different for different people. The time frame may look different that some folks may experience anhedonia but may be motivated to do different things. And so um, it's a very unique experience or process for sure. Um, let's see with anxiety, it's more of this like overwhelming um Uh, worry, constant worry, or like nervousness. And so anxiety is really your body's reaction to um, excessive worry. And oftentimes folks feel anxiety because they are worried about the unknown. So there's like this fear associated with something is happening, I don't have control over it. And I also don't know what, what the result will be. I don't know what will come next. And because I don't have that control, because I am already nervous about this thing, I now am anxious about it. Um, And so with anxiety, you have, uh, I think, more kind of those physical symptoms. So like the heart pounding, sometimes the shortness of breath, Um, you may feel like chronic, like um, gastrointestinal issues or problems. Um, So like the bubble guts or something along that line. (laughs) <laughs> my
0: acid reef or my GERD is like G-E-R-E. Yes. I, I have not experienced it this bad in at least seven years. And yep. that was when I was like, seven years ago, I was like moving and going through a, a breakup and like yep. looking for a job. And I was super stressed mm-hmm. out, but I haven't had it since then. And mm-hmm. this year I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured it was because of everything that was going on, like, Mm -hmm. all at once. -hmm.
1: Um, Yes. And, like, add, like, chronic stress, you know, um, as either precipitating or maintaining factor of GERD or other, you know, gastrointestinal issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Dry mouth, like, chronic pain or just um, an increase in uh, physical pain, whether that's, like, your back is hurting all the time. You're, you know, if you have like issues with like your hip or your knee or something like that, that is exacerbated. Um, headaches, uh, uh, ex- uh, folks experience that um, a lot when they are under a lot of stress or they have this like experience of chronic anxiety where it's just stress all the time and worry all the time. Um, muscle aches and pain, restlessness, you know, and and this idea of like an inability to relax. So even when you're doing something relaxing, you're just like, I can't like I'm in a bubble bath like this. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And you know, um, oftentimes with anxiety, it's just this difficulty in like completing tasks because your brain is really using all of its bandwidth to worry, to think about, you know, what I need to be doing, to think about what I didn't do. And so you're not present in your experience in the moment and you can't get things done. So, um, which ultimately for most people will lead to increasing levels of anxiety because you're not being productive at work and you're not doing the things that you need to be doing um let's see so kind of the anxiety is like the success of worry a lot of like physical symptoms difficulty concentrating uh, de- decrease in memory um sometimes like these um very let's see uh, kind of like these avoidant behaviors as well so like I'm going to avoid talking to people or I'm going to avoid anything that increases my anxiety. I'm not, I'm going to try to distract myself and think about other things, but also in that um, action of distraction, depending on what you use to distract yourself, that can either maintain or exacerbate anxiety or cause, you know, physical health concerns. Um, so those are kind of it's the difference between the two. So if I could kind of, uh, be a little more simplistic depression is more of like this feeling of sadness like kind of lethargic and hedonia. you're not really doing the stuff that you would normally do and anxiety is like um, kind of this restlessness kind of feeling always on the go feeling like always on the edge um, on the brink, brink of burnout all the time and um, kind of being um, dehabilitated by that so on edge tense it
0: seems like with anxiety too, um, I hate this saying, like, it's all in your mind, but when I say this, I mean like the thoughts that are constantly going, they have a physical manifestation through pain or through aches or mm-hmm. through, um, just you feel it in your shoulders or in your, yes. in your jaw, mm-hmm. in your, your digestive system. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, for sure. And so, Um, I also work within a primary care clinic at um, a VA hospital in Chicago. And so oftentimes my veterans will report to me with these physical symptoms or they'll report to their primary care physician with physical symptoms. And then their primary care physician will alert me and say, I think this may be anxiety. He's having chronic headaches. We've tried all of these things. And it's not helpful, you know, or he's having this chronic pain and, you know, we've given him this medication and we've tried these other routes and it's, it's not working. It's something else. And usually it's a, a mental health concern. Wow. Mm-hmm. that's amazing how the body is like that.
0: And it's mm-hmm. almost like protecting. It thinks it's protecting itself, mm-hmm. but it's also causing a little bit of harm
1: yeah it's really a, a defense mechanism to alert you that something's not right and that you need to do something different so when you have these physical sensations or you notice like a shift in your mood, that's like your body like you kind of like getting your attention I'm thinking of the Michael Jackson um video when he was buying the furniture like excuse me Ooh. I need you to come over here and show me some attention
0: because- <laughs> how much is this one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right so like it's not something you're doing is not working um and you need to shift um you need to make a shift in some some capacity yeah
0: and we've been in on and off isolation for like nine months now Mm -hmm. um and for those of us who already had a history of anxiety and depression or anxiety and depression how could or explain to us some signs that isolation has amplified or impacted the things that we were already dealing
1: with. Mm. Um, so this here's the thing with like being in a pandemic and already having mental health concerns whatever it is that you're experiencing is like amplified or exacerbated because the ways in which you cope are probably most likely no longer available to you anymore. And so if you notice that, okay, well, when I feel down, I do A, B, C, and D and A, B, C, and D are restaurants, hanging out with my friends, going to the mall, having, going out to eat by myself, having a spa day and all of, all of those things are snatched from you. With no time for Warning, you to crap, no,
0: plan, no pre- yeah, yeah,
1: none of those things. You're just like then in limbo, and it's you, your thoughts, and that's it. <laughs> and so, what I am finding specifically with my clients um, is just increased anxiety and depression because now I have to be confronted with my stuff. And so, if I've experienced trauma in the past, or I am high, high, I have high functioning depression or anxiety, and I use these different things to help me cope, and those things are no longer available. What do I have now? Nothing. And so, folks are experiencing kind of uh, the result of being present in your experiences. You're just in
0: your stuff.
1: Yeah, and and it's not fun. And when you don't have guidance, and when you don't have someone uh, there that can be supportive, or you don't have the resources to help you navigate that, um, it, 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 you're up shit's creek. You know, like you are in a you are dealing with a, uh, you are in the midst of a very difficult time, and you don't have the proper resources to help you navigate. And so, when you think about social isolation, you also think about this idea of. Loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, And loneliness is already a contributing factor to anxiety and depression, Uh, depression more so. Um, And so, again, you're by yourself with your thoughts, sitting in it with no distraction and maybe nothing even to do to help you cope. And um, you're experiencing the effects.
0: So how can someone give us steps for like say you get flooded you sitting you're sitting and thoughts are coming up situations that you haven't thought about in years Mm -hmm. are coming up how could one acknowledge what was happening and also make take a step to not let that feeling or those situations um flood them but Mm see it and be able to heal through it and, and move on to the next moment. Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge that you are human and what you're experiencing is being a human. Um, So, so recognizing that you are not the only person that is experiencing um, that flood. Yeah. Um, And with that human this and acknowledging that there's also um, a component of self-compassion that you must exercise and self-compassion is just this actor um activity or action of being kind to yourself so when you're having these thoughts it's so easy and usually first instinct is to bash yourself like girl why are you thinking about that or like this happened 20 years ago get over it or um the like you are flawed in some way, shape or form, but honestly, in those moments, showing yourself compassion and kindness, like, wow, acknowledging like you are hurt right now in this moment. Um, goodness. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to be hurt in this moment and to sit in it and allow that emotion to come, allow yourself to be present in the emotion and also make space for it to shift. Mm-hmm. No emotion is permanent. Um, one of my favorite sayings, I have many, but this is like top five for sure, is this idea that, um, no emotion is permanent. I am so ecstatic right now talking with you, but in 10 minutes, I may not feel this way if we're still talking or maybe more excited. you know, like as you, as you uh, begin to uh, sit in your experiences and be present in your emotions, you recognize that no emotion is permanent. And when you check in with yourself regularly, that becomes apparent. Um, So in the midst of you kind of sitting in that isolation and these feelings are coming up, recognizing that they are there temporarily and that they will shift. So sit in it, be present with it, but don't stay stuck in those feelings. Um, Also, I think um, seeking support. And so, you know, it it is a taboo, I think, still for folks to... um, talk about their mental health experiences with others. I for think sure. we're getting better, which yeah. I'm excited about, but it's still like, oh, I don't want to tell people I'm struggling about yeah. with depression or anxiety. I There's a level of like shame for yeah. some reason. And guilt, yeah. and guilt. Yeah. And so um, finding that one person or a couple of people, you know, within your social circle, your family that you can trust, that you can just talk through, release. Um, you know, uh, in the moment, like and navigate the, your feelings with that person or even better, a professional, you know, and so going to therapy and finding someone or finding a therapist rather that um, can help you along your journey um, can and can help you navigate things and can help you make sense of your experiences. And so when you have those emotions or those thoughts in the future, you can say, ah, we talked about this. It is because of X, Y, and Z, and I know how I can cope with it. Even during a pandemic, I still have a plan. Um, so being vulnerable, seeking support, um, showing self-compassion, um, uh, setting boundaries as well. And so identifying kind of in the moment, um, w- identifying in the moment how you will allow the experience to manifest and also being okay with if you're at a certain place or, or among a certain certain people to maybe not have that experience in the moment. So just mm-hmm. kind of setting a parameter, because if you're ruminating, if you're having these self-defeating thoughts, you know, you want to have it in a space where you can be fully present. And that may not look like in the workplace. That may right. not look like, you know, at a party in the gym. Right. <laughs> so like bookmarking it for later though. So not distracting yourself in a moment and not coming back, bookmarking, bookmarking it and coming back to it where when you can journal through it. That's good. Which is another tip. Journaling. Write it out. Journaling is amazing. Even if you hate writing, it's something about journaling that is just this cathartic experience. Um, writing that stuff out. So when you're in the moment and you're by yourself, it's, it's a pandemic and you got all this stuff coming up, writing it writing a letter to yourself, writing a letter to the person that you're thinking about, writing a letter to the old you that experienced all of this, just getting it out. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then so when you think about depression and you think about anxiety, um, a way that it's maintained is by not having an opportunity to release, to process or to talk through your experiences. And you are holding on to all of this, which is why you have those physical reactions. So journaling, journaling is a way to release that. Um, and having a plan. So if you like hanging out with, with your friends and you know you can't really do that right now, what's an alternative that kind of gives you maybe some of what you missed? Right. It won't be a complete um, uh, substitute, but can it give you a little bit? You know, if you like going to the gym and you don't feel comfortable or safe at the gym, then what can you do around your home or in your backyard or in your neighborhood if you feel safe? um while also being realistic that you won't get it all but some is better than none. Yeah. So I have a plan.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like I really like that you said um regular self check-ins. I feel like the more you make that a habit and like build that muscle mm-hmm. sitting in it and feeling it in the future it doesn't become easier but it's manageable because you've built that muscle because you you check in with yourself you know once every two days once every three days
1: yes and like checking in with yourself is a form of self-care yes so that was one that i missed that's really important and not just engaging in self-care on sundays and doing like i think it was what insecure self-care sundays that molly had but every day there's time for self-care And that will look different in a pandemic. So if you can recognize what you feel, you can recognize what you need. That is one thing that I did not even
0: realize that I was claiming I was doing self-care. Well, no, I'm not going to say claiming, but the level of self-care I was doing was very um, external. I was Mm -hmm. going, Oh, I need my hair done. Yes. Mm Self-care. Yes. Yes, girl. I'm going to get my (laughs) facial. Yes. Going to get my massage once a month. Self-care, self-care. However, Mm -hmm. that internal self-care. So I had all the, I had all the external down pet, but Mm -hmm. when it came to internal, I was not as regular. Mm -hmm. I was going, I'm still going to therapy, but I was not as regular with my personal check-ins. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey girl, how you doing today? Like, Mm It was so much on my plate, work, school, church, um, social life, going to the gym, like just all this other stuff that it was easy to be distracted and not check in with myself.
1: Yes. Yes. And it only takes a couple of minutes. Um, It only takes a couple of minutes to, to breathe, like to do a uh, diaphragmatic breathing, which is just breathing from your belly. So I know folks, you can't See me but the people who can see me like if you put your hand on your chest and your hand on your belly as you breathe the only thing that should be moving is your belly that's how you know you're breathing from your diaphragm and honestly it is it works miracles it helps your body to recognize that you're actually not in danger yep. and that you don't have to be all stressed out and worried and it helps to resolve your anxiety in the moment especially if you're on the brink of like a panic attack or something like
0: that i actually learned that in therapy like mm-hmm. the first I think the first session or the second session she taught me that because she mm-hmm. knew how just oh, yep. tense up and what held up <laughs> I was so that yes. is something that is it has been in my toolbox yeah. Yes. That's
1: Yes, and in 2020 is really dope because there are a lot of or uh, different te- tech te- technology uh, driven um, apps that we can use. Yeah, and so like Calm is a great app. My favorite is Insight Timer. Um, And then it has a bunch of different meditative exercises um, from guided imagery where someone is like walking you through a different scenario. So like, you know, imagine that you're on a beach and your feet is in the sand just to help you stay grounded Yeah. and um, all the breathing exercises. And then like kind of some of the sensational sounds and stuff that people find really soothing. Um, And then uh, liberate, I believe is the app. Oh, I, I believe it's called Liberate, but that app is geared for geared towards people of color. And so the folks that are guiding you in um, meditation um, are people of color. They have meditations for like microaggressions and other experiences that um, are unique to marginalized communities, and it is fantastic. Um, so you got some help. Yeah, it's out there.
0: We just got to mm-hmm. know the resources and where to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so you open the door to people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, we are coming to this place where we're a bit more comfortable talking about mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. Even with black men, I see it's better, Mm -hmm. Um, but of course there's room to grow in in general for all of us. Um, This year racially has been exhausting. So how could one recognize the difference between, Mm. I mean, let me try to see what, recognize the difference between what the source of the anxiety or the source Mm. of the anger even, because there have been times where I have read a story or read Mm -hmm. about another shooting or even um, some of the movies that come out. Mm-hmm. I still can't watch when they see us. And I probably won't watch when they see us because I have to live and work and see and be around white people. And mm-hmm. I like—I yeah. don't have a hateful bone in my body, but there's a level of anger that mm-hmm. is revealed when that is constantly in our face because it's constantly happening in real yeah. time, in real life. So yeah. how have you helped your patients um, or your clients like, pinpoint where this anger or where this emotion is coming from and then uh like how you walk them through it
1: yeah so uh, it's really just asking yourself the questions um first of all what am i feeling right now and using a feeling word so you know i'm good not i i'm uh here I'm okay like those aren't feeling words so identifying a very specific feeling you can use a feeling wheel if you google feeling wheel um a ton of different feelings will feeling wheels will pop up so I love that feeling wheel so much I love it I have it in my office it's like a big poster blown up um I live by it um, and i know i know i annoy my clients with it because they're like oh i feel good Mm-mm, let's look at the feeling wheel. um so uh i asking yourself like what is it that i'm feeling right now identifying that emotion then asking yourself what has happened to me in the last 24 hours the last 48 hours what have been my experiences and kind of running running down you know what it is that you've experienced who you've interacted with what is atypical um, not only that, but kind of doing it in almost like a chain analysis uh, way. And so you have your feeling and then you're working backwards, you know, you're feeling what precipitated the feeling, you know, okay, this experience happened that was atypical, you know, they usually, you usually don't experience, it, it usually doesn't happen to you. Okay, now what about that experience has you feeling upset or angry or frustrated, you know, or hopeless or helpless? and then once you can kind of identify what that experience is then deciding what control do i have over over this situation right and so when you think about race related trauma and you think about these experiences you know there's only so much that control that you you have over certain elements or parts of this this um uh what we're experiencing this race racial trauma race related trauma and so something that i use with my clients is uh this concept of the locus of control and so kind of three different circles and the innermost circle is just what you have direct control over um and so it, it are it's the things that you can actually do and and you can do and they can be uh, uh effective um the next circle or outer uh, most layer is what you can have influence over so thinking about okay if I have direct control over a b c and d and I can do those things what can I have influence over to how can I be you know impactful and then the outermost circle is just things that are out of your control and what I encourage clients to do is that that outermost circle save it for the birds, it's out of your control. There's there's not much that you can do about it. And so when we think about racism at a systematic level, yes, we cannot necessarily formally ourselves, by ourselves, change policy. That's out of our control, but what we do have control over is what we advocate for. Maybe what we post to our page, Uh, the different social groups that we are a part of, you know, um, uh, how we volunteer, what we do within the context of our work environment to make it a a more inclusive space, you know, and then influence, you know, what we have influence over maybe um, uh, the people that we reach, you know, how do you communicate and how do you talk to people about what you believe in and kind of get them on board? How are you also being okay with people not being on board and protecting your peace? You know, and so you have uh, varying levels of influence in all of this. And so it's just about finding uh, what you're passionate about, kind of like your niche mm-hmm. um, and what you have like direct um, control over, because if you are worried about this administration, the the current but in the hopefully soon in the past administration correct um and you're watching these press conferences and you are completely freaking out my dear that is out of your control in this moment but in the context of your neighborhood or your job or Or your family home in your family you have more control and so um shifting your focus to the things that are in your control and the things that you can in- that you can influence so that eventually um maybe like ripple effect yes it can reach that thank you
0: yeah and for exactly. someone with anxiety it's hard not to live all the way out in the mm-hmm. outer band because you want to you want to control and you want to know and you don't want to be Um, blindsided with anything and Mm -hmm. it's hard to not be in that in the
1: furthest and in the (laughs) closest um, realm yeah it's really about being cognizant and aware of your thoughts honestly At, at least that's how I approach working with anxiety so uh One of the foundational modalities that I use as I work with clients is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this idea of, you know, your thoughts lead to feelings, your feelings lead to behaviors. So let's touch on these thoughts. Let's let's highlight these thoughts. Let's identify if they are adaptive or maladaptive thoughts. Um, We're going to recognize how they make you feel. And then we're going to determine how they make you behave. And so if a thought you're having is, Um, I am so worried about catching COVID or I'm going to catch COVID no matter what, Um, that may make you feel on edge and anxious and worried all of the time, which may make you isolate from other people, may may make you not enjoy your experience, may heighten your depression or anxiety. Then let's think about, okay, how do we turn that thought into maybe a more realistic one? Um, And also by doing so, you can then identify action steps. You know, so yeah. if we change the thought, it allows you to have an opportunity to think through it a yeah. little bit better than kind of black or white. That was yep. good. So, re- so reframing your thoughts, identifying when they aren't realistic, they're maladaptive and then thinking about, okay, what's a more realistic thought? And a way that you can do that is just remembering, you know, what you've done in the past, remembering what you're doing, um, identifying the evidence against the thought, um, and then kind of using that to help you along mm-hmm. in the next step.
0: That's really good. So with all that is happening, um, so much anxiety, depression, um, tension, trauma, there's a lot of emotion. Give us uh, just three, two or three takeaways um, that can help us self-soothe in this moment, especially for those of us who aren't necessarily able to afford or um, mm. able to reach out to someone professional, give us a couple things that we can walk away from um, that you, you value. Yeah, that's a
1: great question. Um, self-compassion, so showing yourself self-compassion, for sure, we are in the, still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, civil unrest. There are a lot of things happening in our world right now. And so um, being overly harsh and unkind and critical to yourself, this is just not the time or place for it. So offering yourself kindness, self-compassion, showing yourself empathy um, for sure would be kind of at the the top of the list. Also sustaining your self-care. You know, it's going to look different in a pandemic. So being flexible, too, in your self-care routine and incorporating self-care daily, Um, whether that is doing some breathing, you know, um, doing some journaling, just pausing and checking in with yourself. Those are all acts of self-care. So incorporating that on a daily basis. Um, And I would say also being okay with seeking support. So you don't, you're not the only one experiencing many of the things that you're experiencing. And sometimes when you open up to other people, of course, that you trust, um, it is a very comforting experience to know that you aren't alone, but you won't get that experience. You won't have that experience unless you're vulnerable, um, with someone. And so like kind of seeking that support, but in a very intentional way. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my, my three things.
0: Yeah, that was really good those are all really key and it helps us as the individual do the work and learn how to, um, self-soothe. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. And then I want you to give us your platforms, your resources, your products, websites, all that. And I'll also have it listed, um, in the summary everywhere, but, the podcast is called Liberate Her. So if you could tell the, your younger self, however you want to frame it, but give us just a word of encouragement to liberate another woman, whether that woman was your sister or your aunt or your younger you, what would you yeah. say to them?
1: I think I'll look at it from kind of the context of my younger self. Um, a delay is not a denial and keep it pushing you got it um keep keep going do not give up
0: that's good and that was so <laughs> sweet and so simple but powerful <laughs> thank you so much for today please leave God. us with your website um i know you have some um therapy sessions or group therapy um, yeah. programs
1: yeah Yeah. So uh, you guys can follow me at uh, Dr. Long, L-O-N-G listens, L-I-S-T-E-N-S on Instagram, on Facebook. I am on Facebook as Dr. Amanda Long and my website is atruespace.com. Um, I have a, a, a new upcoming group that I am so excited about f- facilitating um, is aimed at uh, black women entrepreneurs and it just helps uh, black women entrepreneurs uh, face or, or navigate through many different nuances that they experience um, being women of color entrepreneurs. So we talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about fear and anxiety. Self care, setting boundaries, seeking support—so many of the things that I've talked about, but from more of a entrepreneurial lens, um, because many of those things can kind of hinder your business and and not only your business but your your uh, overall wellness in some way, shape, or form. So, if you're a good you and you feel great, you know, getting to whatever your goal is is a little bit easier. Um, I love it. So yes. Yes, yes, yeah,
0: those are my things. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And she will be back because we <laughs> only skimmed the surface today. Um, but thank you all for listening so much. Please go follow her. You will not regret it. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye.